I've been on, I've been on shows, talk shows, and I teach for a living. So. Welcome to the Rush Podcast Network. You are listening to Cap Chat Live, Cap Chat Live, Cap Chat Live, from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia on Podcast Row. Here is your host, Josh Tyler. All right, we are closing out uh, first day on Podcast Row in Philadelphia. Uh, we are presented today by Productive Recruit, so we appreciate that, taking the time and helping us out setting things up here. Uh, so we are joined by uh, Dr. Wendy LaBolt. Uh, so Dr. Wendy or Wendy, what do you like to go by? Uh, the, the athletes call me Dr. Wendy, but Wendy's fine. Doctor, well, I got, you got to respect the PhD. I got to do that. And so, um, so a fascinating topic for me today is, you know, we're talking, uh, written, she's written two books and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. But the, the, the fit, the fitness one, uh, is, is the main was one of the ones we're kind of talking about the most keeping players in the game. And then we have another one made to move, um, knowing our, and loving God through our bodies. Um, Dr. Winnie's also, you're on the, what was the, the Christian faith-based coaches, faith-based coaches community. Mm -hmm. Okay. As well. So, um, so we're going to dive into it and I guess I'll let you start kind of, you know, your, your, your background and you're here and then talk about kinesiology that I've learned about before. And then, um, so we'll kind of, I'll let you kind of go and, and get get going there. I'll move that microphone a little closer to you. There you go. All right. All right. We'll go ahead. Well, I'm 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 glad to be here. I'm I uh, I checked the box. I was willing to come and do a podcast, and 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 look where I ended up. This is this is awesome. Um, it's a uh, it, an, an amazing group of people. I've always been impressed. Um, soccer coaches are some of some of the uh, the most wonderful people I know, and they are about doing things the right way. So uh, so that's good. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I came originally to these conventions as a coach, coached um, young kids, coached my own kids, and uh, uh, my, my oldest um, uh, played, played at quite a high, quite a high level, um, but got introduced to um, uh, ACL injuries um, probably, well, I guess it was probably 2001 okay. uh, by uh, uh, the dad. Um, of three girls. His youngest was on the team with my oldest daughter, and uh, and they um, they had they had uh, stumbled onto or his his daughter actually came to him. His his oldest daughter came to him, who was a soccer player, and said, "Dad, my life's over." Um, she had torn her ACL, and this was in 2001, so it's a little while ago. Um, times have changed a little bit. They're, yeah. they're doing a lot with surgery and, and recovery rehab. We, we may get to talk a little bit about that, and actually I'm talking about that at a session on Saturday. Um, but um, he brought that to me because he knew my background as a, uh, a teacher and exercise physiologist. Uh, at that time, I was teaching at George Washington University, and um, uh, so I'm an exercise scientist. Uh, coach interested in the physiology and interested in the sports medicine. And uh, there was a program called Sports Metrics, which was being started um, by a, a researcher by the name of Timothy Hewitt, uh, who at that time was out of Ohio State. And uh, he had done some of the um, original research and, and found uh, that an injury prevention, actually training program preseason, and then developed a warm-up that reduced the risk of ACL injuries significantly. 
And uh, he brought all that to me and said, this might be something that you're going to be interested in. So um, I, I looked into that, did some follow-up on it, and I uh, actually, I think it was a, a recent a game shortly after that. A kid went down on the field, and I just thought to myself, you know, if I know there's something I can do to prevent this, I can't say no to yeah. trying to make that happen. Now, did the warm-up he introduced you to, did that become what but U.S. Soccer used the FIFA 11 Plus? Well, there, there are a number. It's a good question, and I think that's part of the confusion in things. Um, there's, there are a number of iterations of it. His program was uh, initially a, a several-month training program preseason, okay. um, which he boiled down into a warm-up, um, and, a, and a number of, as I said, a number of iterations of it have come out. The, the FIFA 11 Plus is one of the early ones. Okay. Um, another one was called the PEP program, P-E-P program. Okay. Um, same kind of thing. Um, two years ago at convention, I, I did a presentation on ACL injury prevention warm-ups. And so those are some of the big players. Um, in order to do the research to justify these programs and make sure they work the way we thought they did, um, the, the folks that, that um, made good use of them were usually in medical centers or had mm -hmm. you know, good funding, and so they could, they could get that, that put together. But... Uh, now those those programs have been out, you know, in the literature for you know twenty or so years, and we've got you know meta analyses uh, data that that shows that injury prevention warm ups, just the you know twenty minute dynamic warm up done the right way, uh, and progressed with the athlete, um, can reduce ACL injuries in the neighborhood of sixty, wow. maybe up to seventy three percent for prone for for women athletes who are. Uh, in jumping and cutting, changing of direction sports. Now, so when you're saying warm-up, you're saying before game or training, it, it, you should spend 20 minutes or just incorporate, and I, I mean, I use something called dynamic warm-up, mm -hmm. but incorporate that into your warm-up mm -hmm. as part of your stretching. So get rid of the old, let's all everyone run two laps. It should be the dynamic stretching uh, um, and incorporate that into it every, every time you're getting ready to play or practice. Yeah. It's um, you know, it's the dynamic warm-up is is structured around. We there are a few things that we notice in the way a female's body moves. Okay. Uh, that makes them more prone. Um, they're the the research says they're four to six times more likely to tear, tear their ACLs than boys in the same sport. So um, so particularly we highlight girls and we we notice a few things about them. Uh, their knees tend to roll in. We call that valgus. Uh, they tend to be what we call quad dominant, um, which means they use their quadriceps more than their hamstrings, so they don't like to bend their knees. Okay. They tend to both uh, stop themselves and change direction with straight legs. Um, and their, they, their torsos um, can be unstable, which then they catch themselves by uh, rolling their ankle and body in. Those are three of the things that we, we have noticed are movement patterns that, that identify athletes who, who seem to be prone to ACL tears. So... So the dynamic warm-ups then highlight exercises, movements, um, strengthening that addresses those factors. Okay. A lot of information I'm trying to dissect there, too. My mind goes a million different places here. Uh, so with the warm-up and the dynamic, four to six times more likely. Now, is soccer, is it all sports, or what What sport has the highest torn ACL rate? Do you know for mm. sports? Well, for um, in, a, in what we really should say, non-contact ACL. Okay. Um, and so, yes, 
uh, women's soccer by far, and I was just looking at the, the statistics, but it's by, by a significant amount, is the, is the greatest ACL tear in mm. high school female athletes, female athletes. Um, there probably actually are more tear, ACL tears in um, males, um, but those are football players and yeah. not, uh, not necessarily because we're seeing injuries in football players of all sorts, and that's a whole other conversation. But um, so, so those, a lot of those are not, those are contact. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you know, occasionally have, um, have the, the contact sort, the, you know, the slide tackle that takes somebody out and, and takes their knee. But more often what I see is there's a, a shoving or a bumping um, where the, the, the female athlete is not as stable to mm -hmm. support themselves. And um, maybe they're, you know, more upright, that, that quad dominant uh, either running or changing direction. And that then, then they, they give in the moment. So then it, it just looks like it happens out of nowhere. They plant their foot and the mm -hmm. knee, knee gives. Yeah. You could do, you, it's a distinctive sound. And like, I've sadly seen too many of them. And you almost know, like, you see what happened. You see the non-contact. I hear the way they, they're screaming. Like, oh, this is yeah, usually they, they hear a pop. Yeah. Um, and um, occasionally they they're not terribly painful if you t I've told if you if you tear out all the way through but yes it's a terrible moment and and of course the other thing is the the um, the incidence of re-tearing mm -hmm. or tearing the other the the contralateral side uh, is uh, is is increased in these athletes and so I um, as I say I, I I don't I'm not always able to convince people to uh, participate in a um, a prevention program, uh, primary, uh, primary prevention program, but uh, secondary prevention, that is after they've torn it one time, they're, they're very likely to sign up. So do you, and I got, I'm writing my questions down. Okay. Now I'm starting to, I'm starting to forget where, so you mentioned the, the re-tearing, uh, which I hear happens is why, I guess, are they, are they coming back too quick? Um, like what's the reasoning on or the science behind of they're tearing their same one again? Mm -hmm. Is it because they didn't rehab correctly or it's weak? And then why are they tearing the second one? Yeah, it, it, it's, sure. it's a natural question. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly coming back too soon is a, a, a quick, it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a concerning factor. Um, the kids want to get back on the field. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're missing it. It's part of their identity and, and, and their sports, um, you know, it wants them to come back. They read about players, maybe, you know, national team players who are, you know, rehabbing basically 24-7 with professional trainers. Um, but they, um, you know, they'll go to their, their orthopedist and then they'll do some uh, physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And the physical therapist says, okay, your strength is back, your range of motion is back, and so you're, uh, you're, ready, to, uh, you're ready to be dismissed. That's one of the one of the places that I actually in my last I don't know 15 years with Fit to Finish uh, in the I was working primarily in the DC area is, is players sought me out um, for what I was calling gap care. So they had been dismissed from physical therapy. They were um, because you can only have so many um, sessions if you're not making progress on the things they yeah. can measure. But in a physical therapist's gym, there's not any way for them to get up to speed. Uh, to change direction quickly to test those things out. Um, and so it's hard to know what, how that athlete is going to respond. And so then I would take them um, to the, the field, the, the setting, um, and work with them and look carefully at their movement patterns. And that's the other part of your, your question, really, is if those move pattern, movement patterns haven't changed. 
uh, that made them prone before, then it's likely they're going to, or it increases the likeliness that they're going to tear it again. Now, the third thing that the athletes don't realize um, is, is um, you know, you're, um, when you when you tear your ACL, we we don't um, we don't sew it back together. Although there's some really cool, interesting um, uh, research where there are graft trains where you can you know, they're working on regrowing your own ACL, um, and that's been going on at Boston uh, for quite some time now, and, and they're getting ready to do those things. But um, so you've got a you've got a graft in there, so you've you've, you've sewn something, you've you've actually you know hammered and nailed. Um, something into your knee, which is which is something to pay attention to, right? There's 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 uh, power tools that are used in in um, in putting in that uh, putting down that graft, and so you've you've got it to heal. But the thing is, of course, that the um, the the graft that was there um, doesn't have the the nerve connection that your previous uh, ACL had. So even though we might see the, uh, the graft take uh, and be um, sound and solid in the reconstruction, um, it's, it's hypothesized and I think been tested. It probably takes about two years before the proprioception, meaning that your brain connected to your muscle, connected to your joint, and that signaling is accurate again. So even though you're planting it's, and you're changing of direction, that sensation that you know, millisecond yeah. control of bending my hamstring or contracting my hamstring at just the right time to bend and change direction. All of that's a little off kilter. And ironically, one of the things, if I have an athlete, and usually because they've been dismissed and from physical therapy, they are usually ready to go. And so I have them just stand about 10 feet from me, and I say, okay, um, you tore your right ACL. Let's, let's hop on one foot on your left foot, and they'll hop to me. Um, and I can see you thinking about what that feels like when you would hop to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as we get older, it's not as easy. You know, know. That power is not as the same. And, uh, and they, they've been off plane. And so they're a little heavier. Maybe they are. They're just you know, the foot to the ground. It's, it's a little longer. But when they hop on that other foot, it is very difficult to do, even six, seven, eight, nine months out from an ACL tear. And it's that proprioception, that yes. uh, interaction, and that, we call it power. The, the fast, the, the, the speedy strength yeah. um, that takes time to get back. And so those things not being in place, then when you go, you get, you're thrown back into a, you know, division one soccer game. Um, they're just not, not in my opinion, they're not ready. Yeah, you, you said something that makes total sense. And it's that I never thought about. You see, you're right. They're cleared by their doctor or physical therapist to probably just resume their normal life. Mm-hmm. Walk down the halls of their school, and yeah. never once did it cross my mind that that they need to be cleared by, you know, a doctor like you or someone that understands the the, the soccer aspect of mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And it makes total sense when you said that. And, and it's again, I'm embarrassed that I, I didn't. Like, it it seems common sense when you say that out loud, mm-hmm. but you're right. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it never happened. Like mm-hmm. it, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the psychology too. Of course, um, you know, when I plant and cut like I did when I tore my ACL, yes. what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and so in our, in our sessions together, we would you know, literally walk through those uh, moments. And I didn't only work with soccer players. I worked with basketball players. I worked with um, softball players. Yeah. How did you go up for that, you know, that catch and come down the yeah. wrong way kind of thing? Um, and so that starts the process of, okay, this is how I need to move. Um, this is how the sport demands I move. Yeah. Can I do it safely? 
and some of them uh, need to change the, you know change the mechanics of their movement and that's very difficult we we see we've seen just this this um, burst of ACL injuries it's you know now ongoing in the 15 16 15 maybe to 20 year old age group for females okay. um, and so we've really focused our ACL injury prevention programs on that age group and, and all to the good. But by the time they get to high school soccer, the way they move is very patterned. And the bad habits, we're going to say, are there already. Um, and so I'm a proponent, and I've, and I've worked with some, and I'm trying to get more um, coaches and clubs to, to um, uh, investigate actually putting injury prevention or safer movement habits in their developmental age group programs. So start at 8 and 10, and you, you hop and jump and skip and, and do it with, I, in, the, in the book I call it, it's very, very um, complex, the BBB. That's what I do with my younger age groups. Okay. Um, bend your knees, be on the balls of your feet, head up, be ready to play. Okay. So, that's, um, so that's the positioning. And then, of course, um, because when I tell you that, you, you can't do that, or maybe you can do that if you're an adult, but you don't have a mirror out there, so you can't see yourself doing that. So what I've done through Fit to Finish is design games that force them to get into the position I want them to play in. Okay. And so I started years ago using uh, resistance bands. Yeah. Um, I, use, I use really inexpensive ones. I don't, I don't even use the you – can, you can get the, you know, the narrow ones mm -hmm. that – that the athletes now are using and they move, they use it at an angle mm -hmm. um, because that's what we're looking for. It is that, that angular change of direction. That's what they're, that's what they're doing with the younger kids. I have them play games. I just get, it's, it's, um, it used to be called therapy band or if, you, if you've been in physical therapy, you know, I have unfortunately. You, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they might have that. So, so they're very inexpensive. They come in rolls and I, I cut them in three foot lengths and each of and you can get them in different resistances. And I had the kids tie them around their legs, so so they put them around their their uh, their shins or their thighs, depending on the age group. Have them tie, and then I have them move around in those bands, and I give them rules about how they can move. So what I'm doing is where the the tendency is for the knees to roll in. In order for the band to stay up and not fall down around their ankles, they have to keep their knees pushed outward, and they can feel that because they're pushing against the bands. And then I have them move around so that they're not thinking about, okay, now I can, I can, you know, monster walk sideways, and that's a strength training tool. Um, but we don't just move straight sideways on a soccer field. And so I have them moving around, thinking about moving in different directions. I have them jumping up and down because we know when they jump and land, those knees tend to go in. So we practice landing that way. We practice landing quietly because that's a, that's a, a Tim Hewitt too. Uh, quietly, because to, to quiet your landing, you have to bend your knees to mm -hmm. absorb the shock, and that's in the, the dynamic warm-up. Um, and then I have them play a soccer-like game, because most coaches I work with, they, they don't want to take, you know, 20 minutes out to do uh, strength training or even ACL injury, injury prevention training. Um, so I, I uh, get with the coach, and we'll we play Dynaband Tag or some such thing, where the kids are actually running around and avoiding being tagged by a soccer ball, and they're running around in the bands around their legs, laughing hysterically. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And completely out of breath. And I have never had a team that I didn't have at least come, some kids run up to me afterwards and say, please, Dr. Wendy, can we play again? <laughs> so, uh, and, and what what ages, and you say little kids, mm -hmm. I mean, are we talking 9, 10-year-olds? Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. 
Yeah, you can. I do, you know, I mean, it, the mechanics of their movement, the developmental age, you need to keep into, to, uh, uh, so uh, so those are more simplified, but they'll, they'll play, especially the, the, um, these days, the, the elite nines and tens, the, the, the kids who are, you know, going to play travel soccer or club soccer. Um, most of them can't, but you do have to watch because they're not strong. Um, they, and as they get, the, as they grow, so you got nine tens, you got tens, elevens, all of a sudden you've got giraffe legs, you know, so you've got these, you know, these sprouting in height yeah. and these really long limbs, um, and their, their muscle mass hasn't, hasn't caught up. Yeah. And so you, you know, you're really paying attention to making sure they, they move correctly. And so we would use the bands to, to do that. Um, they, t- they taught me be the boss of the band, they said, so they, they move it. It doesn't move them. <laughs> So we do, we, but a lot of that is just, is given a sense of how their body feels when they move. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating because my, 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 our youngest is 10 uh, and he has some foot problems. Uh, his feet hurt, so we got insoles, but he runs so heavy. Mm. And I try to work with them on, and I don't know how to teach it properly, I guess, but that it's you know, not, when he runs, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It slows himself down. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, yes, we're trying to get him. Hold your feet, try to land softly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's very loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, so. yeah, yeah. And, and so for kids that age, of course, it's it, in in my in my mind, it's it's making up games. Yeah. Um, you know, have them. You know, you're running on hot coals or something like that. You know, something where they can feel it because they can't see themselves run. You see how he right. runs heavy, um, but he doesn't understand in his body. That's just how his body, as far as he knows, moves. Right. Um, and so, you know, creating a, uh, an environment where they can feel that and then transfer that to what they do normally. And especially if you start them young, you have, you have a hope of, of uh, you know, keeping that going and uh, not have them have to think about it. Yeah. You know, oh, dad told me I have to run, you know, lighter. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we're talking about the, the prevention. Um, is there a main, I say main muscle, but the idea of the, the prevention is, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, see if I got this correct, um, is really what you're trying to do is build your core and your leg muscles in, in throughout the process of, of prevention if you, because you're tearing yourself because you're off balance, your legs aren't strong enough. Mm-hmm. Is, is there truth to that? Um, well, what, what I have normally seen, um, the, the core strength is uh, an issue, um, especially in females. Um, and so we, we do work on core. Um, some of it's, uh, some of it, I've just identified behaviorally, the way girls tend to move, I look and say, okay, what is, you know, what would be weak, for instance. So when I see their, their uh, knees roll in, um, I recognize that as an imbalance between the, uh, um, a lot, I won't go with imbalance yet, I'll get to that. Um, but, but if, if your knees roll in, then you want to strengthen the, the muscles on the outside of your Okay. So that's why we're using the bands to strengthen the muscles on the outside of the legs to prevent them from rolling in. If we do that before they go through puberty and before their hips get wider, then we have, you know, patterned in a proper movement pattern of knees over toes, which boys do more naturally. Um, the, uh, the strengthening aspect um, is back to the imbalances. We tend to see a much, uh, we call it quad dominant, uh, much stronger quadriceps than hamstring. Um, and so we want to strengthen the hamstrings, um, but we want to strengthen them in the way that they're going to use them. So um, use, getting them to bend their knees, then bending, uh, getting them to power up 
So doing the plyometrics where mm -hmm. we jump and land, counter movement jumps, where we jump up and land and jump forward. Uh, those kinds of things engage and engage in, in a powerful way. Um, so meaning not just strong, we think about strength training, but quickly and strong. Um, and then to do it when they're fatigued. So all those things we're teaching the body to do on its own so that it's, it's not having to, to think about that when it's on the field. Um, as, as my athletes taught me, as I'm, you know, going to be showing them how that, that, that I, I went to the coach and I said, what are you working on today? He says, well, we're, we're challenging for headers. We're not, we're not uh, winning the headers. I said, great. That's a perfect chance to work on our plyometrics. So I had them go up against each other to jump and land and I'm having them face each other and they're jumping and landing. They, you know, they, they stay straight in the air, just like I want them to. They land lightly, just like I want them to. And they said, Dr. Wendy, but that's not how we jump up for a header. <laughs> we approach it from the side and, yeah. and kind of like this. So, and in, in those kinds of things, then you start seeing how the core is important and the upper body. Yeah. Women don't have, uh, tend to have as much upper body strength. And so defending themselves in the air, uh, if they had a strong upper body, then all of this is firm. Same thing uh, comes into play with um, this concussion risk. Yeah. If I'm going up to head a ball, all of this has to be strong. So it's not an isolated strengthening, but a, you know, sort of a performance-based strengthening, which is great for coaches. Yeah. It's not just that they're safer, it's they're better players. And, and, and what I've heard, I'm hearing so far, and, and is especially in the dynamic warm-up and the games, because the kickback I've heard a lot from coaches, if we, when I mentioned, you know, we need to do more ACL stuff or even some more fitness stuff. Mm -hmm. In the club world, you have to do three days a week. And sometimes it's field space. you got an hour and a half. you got three hours max, mm -hmm. and you're trying to prepare for a game, and that becomes the excuse. Uh, I don't have the time. And now it's like, okay, you got to warm up anyways. Mm -hmm. So do a dynamic. Do something fun. Do these fun games. And it really becomes, hey, idiot, we're building this into your fun. So it's fun. That's right. I'm not telling you to, to take eight hours a day to do this, but mm -hmm. let's build it into – let's incorporate this into, into part of your plan. That's right. And, yeah. and it should change yeah. just how they look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It should change the, the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those words that I really can't stand conditioning. You know, yeah. who wants to come to the conditioning workout, right? Yeah. Um, who, who volunteers? Yes. Please, yes. Yes. Please. please. Let's, let's do more planks and pushups. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, and, and then the key, you know, I, it, it's, it's because we know that, well-done dynamic warm-ups reduce ACL injuries, and we're not seeing reductions in the, the incidence of ACL injuries, partially because we have more athletes playing and partially because we have more tools to diagnose, right. and, and you know, so there's some of that. Um, but, but a huge number, something like 250,000 ACLs in, in the U.S. torn per year. Um, so, and, you know, a huge cost to, to that athlete and financial cost to uh, the family. Um, all of those, we need to take it seriously, but but not as a threat. Um, I, I I said to you, I, I when I first started doing this, I was afraid of talking about injury prevention because I was afraid people were going to think of it as a threat. Um, you, you, you're telling me my kid's going to get injured if they don't do this. Oh, my kids, this is never going to happen to my kid. My kid is flexible. Um, and um, so that's, that's a tough thing to come to terms with. So making it... Um, I always, I always tell them, trick them into, I always, well, with your kids, right? Mm -hmm. Trick them into doing what's good for them. Right. Um, so we don't tell them it's an injury prevention warm-up. We say, you know, we're, 
we're, you know, with the, with the younger kids, we're doing gorilla walks, okay, and, and that's actually a lunge. And I'm looking at where they're, oh, that's interesting. How their how their body moves. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing the science, but they're doing the fun. Um, and so there's science behind how you design a dynamic format. So it's very important to watch and give cues, performance cues and movement cues, because they can't see what they're doing yeah. to them. So it's a waste of time if they're not doing it the right way. Um, and then it has to grow with the athlete. So, you know, I would love to see them, as I say, start younger. And then as they go through puberty, um, then, you know, their their mechanics is a little off and their connection head to muscle is yeah. is a little uh, altered. And so they have to re, you know, grow into that. And then, and then um, when they when they get through puberty, then then there's the whole um, uh, issue of uh, that where we're seeing the tears. Um, Dr. Hewitt, these days, and I've heard him recently, and I'll, I'll talk about it on um, on Saturday too, um, has, has a great phrase for it. It's unfortunate that the body sizes grow, so the girls get bigger and the boys get bigger, but the boys, because of the testosterone, they in their system, they get the bigger engine to move the bigger body, but the girls don't. So he, he says, you know, the boys have a Ferrari engine and a Ferrari. He said the girls have a Fiat engine in a, in a Mercedes. Um, and so I know as a good coach, you know, you can look at your girls, you talk about um, heavy-footed running, um, you know, sort of in, in some cases lumbering it, or, the, or really using their physical size and force rather than their quickness yeah. and acceleration. And that's, you know, a, a kid who can perform those things now is, is a much safer athlete. And so we need to train them um, against this, um, um, I don't know, we won't call it a deficit, but it's, it's nature's way. And yeah. we, can, we, we have to catch them up, but we have to train them using those power moves um, to help them with the, the Fiat engine. Huh. And as you said before, you know, before puberty, because, you know, just before talking to you, I was thinking, you know, if you start around 14, 15 years old, you're hitting them at the right time. But like you said, by the time they hit high school, those habits are there. That's right. So you're trying to change habits that Very I mean, I, it, it, it's better than nothing. I, I presume. You know, mm-hmm. So it's but getting them starting you know, at, at that, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old age. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to see that and work with the sun clubs. But. Um, it's it's difficult to get traction mm-hmm. um, because everything costs so much these days. Yeah. So to come in and do another program that's going to cost us now, of course, I'm I'm saving you, um, you know, potentially an ACL mm-hmm. tear or and you know we we know that even if you have a, a good ACL reconstruction, we see early onset arthritis in the, those mm-hmm. knees. So we we've, we've got lasting effects. Uh, so prevention really is the way that we have to go. Um, I think we're making we made progress. I mean, we're seeing that the dynamic training programs are reducing ACLs yeah. when they're done properly and when they move up with the age groups. Um, but they have to be designed the right way, and uh, we have to say balance out that strength between quad and hamstring, uh, and have to pattern in the yeah. change of direction that's bending your knees and being on the balls of your feet. It really it sounds simple, um, but it but it really is what we want to see in our players. And then once we know what we're looking for, we can train them yeah. to do that. A, a side question that I wrote down is, well, basketball, I'm surprised there's not more AC tears in basketball because we talk about that movement, that quick, any reason why we don't see that many tears in basketball? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't done all the research. We, we, that would certainly be the second second sport. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it 
you know, it has to do with the surface. Maybe I'm sure it has to do many. I'm, I'm, I am a, a, I'm an amateur um, spectator in, in, <laughs> in basketball. I, I love watching William and Mary basketball and I love actually watching the William and Mary women's team play. Uh, but they jog down the court. The really tall girls often don't jog very fast down the court. And then they stand in the center. Got it. Um, and they're very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not quite so much the the um, uh, the, the the positioning, the, the guards, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the ones who are dribbling and changing direction. Yeah. And and there was a very high profile, I think it, it UConn maybe athlete who yes. who tore her ACL, yes. and it's they're true. they're saying it's it it's going to change the you know the whole sport this season. Um, so, you know, they do, but it's, it's select athletes rather than everyone being from, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, is there any difference of turf versus grass? I knew you were going that way. Um, since we talked about surface. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I had to write that down real fast too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there, uh, no, no professional female player wants to play on turf, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's a different surface. For sure. And the game is a different game. Um, it's move moves much more quickly, and so if I have to change quickly my direction um, to receive, to pass, to run, to change direction, that's it's 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 like a different sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are a number of, of people who would say um, that that grace the grass is safer. Um, we've we've done a lot of I had a lot of conversations about the kind of cleat, uh, the kind of shoe that they're wearing. Um, There's um. Yeah, describe. I can't remember his name. I just saw those. The uh, the turf. That have a whole. I, you can describe it. Better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I don't know all the things these days, but but certainly a, a cleat that's rounded. Okay. Is going to help you pivot. Yeah. Um, and it, it's you know it, it, it that's going to help some. Although it's it's not. I, I don't see that many ACL tears on the pivot. It's it's that instability when the foot lands, um, and so does the ground give. Um, you know, there's a lot of video analysis being done and has been done on, you know, when when this these things take place. Uh, so there's a number of things to do. Um, but that's good because then we can yeah. look and say, okay, you know, these are the kinds of, of um, strengthening that we need to do. Bodies in the air need to be stronger. Landings need to uh, be lighter. Um, we've, t- we've talked about teaching them to uh, roll rather than hold their position. Um the just the difference in uh, body sizes. So you've got a you know a bigger kid going up against a smaller mm-hmm. kid, or maybe a younger kid who hasn't developed yet. You know those kinds of things. Um, I had a worked with a kid. Her, her mom even said she's her little giraffe, and uh, <laughs> she was very uh, very skilled with her foot skills. And she was playing you know up an age group or two, and against these you know heavier, stronger yeah. girls. And I said, and, and, but she's, you know, determined that she's going to challenge for every ball because that's what she's told to do. And I said to her, why challenge in the air for a ball? Why not just win it back at her feet? Yeah. And that, that concept had never occurred to her. Um, so sometimes I think, I mean, we look at a messy mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, we, we, we play to our body types. For sure. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she's, she's two foot taller than you and stronger. You're not going to yeah. win this. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So that's not a really a, a strong play. Um, the other thing I see is, is uh, sometimes when, when there's a skill differential, mm-hmm. um, we see what I would call reckless play. So I always say we want finesse rather than force. 
Um, so teaching kids that we, we play soccer as a beautiful game mm-hmm. um, rather than the rock'em sock'em soccer that I see sometimes. Kicking around, baby. That's what they say. Kicking yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. So with the with the turf, though, it's, it's, it's interesting because you see the, the game, obviously we know the game is faster. Mm-hmm. And so it's forcing their bodies to, to try to. So you, are you saying it's more that because the game is faster and they're pivoting and they're trying to pivot and move faster for the ball. That's what's, that's why, that's, that's the connection with the ACL on the turf. Not that's just, an hypothesis. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. an hypothesis. I, you know, I, I, as, as I said, I, there are, there are mechanics yeah. that are going wrong in their, in their bodies that make them more prone. Um, I, I haven't seen convincing um, data in the literature to say that um, they're more prone on turf yeah. than grass, but people, people feel like yeah. it is. Um, yeah. And so I can't, I can't, I can't say affirmatively, yeah. at least not on a podcast. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's difficult too with turf. I mean, absolutely for the youth game, mm-hmm. you know, you travel to tournament mm-hmm. and it rains, mm-hmm. you know, so I get why they have turf. Like mm-hmm. I get it, yeah. uh, but I'm with you. I, I think, I think it's the game's better on grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and also, um, you know, in, in areas that are underserved, mm-hmm. um, where we want to create, you know, small spaces for kids to play, those little turf fields coming yes, in are, are a great brilliant. thing that the, the soccer foundation is doing. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you you do have some maintenance of a turf field, but if you can get some donors to build that, mm-hmm. uh, it, at least in the in the short term, because let's face it, kids who don't participate in physical activity are at great risk of all sorts of other health concerns. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk. We've been talking for a while here, so I want to talk fit to fitness. Fit to uh, finish. Fit yep. to finish. I'm so sorry. That's okay. uh, I, I looked at it and stared at it and still said it wrong. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a book you wrote, and then obviously it's it's also the, it's also a company mm-hmm. um, that and you're helping people. So I guess what what is it that you do with for fit to finish? Mm-hmm. Uh, fit to finish. Excuse me, Jeez Louise. Um, what is it that your company does? Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk the book and where 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 they can find it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the, depending on what they're looking for, my, um, when, when I first started, um, I, I started in 2001, I incorporated in 2005. So I've been doing this for a while, um, you know, kind of beating the, the prevention drum. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, would go, you know, on the field working with the athletes, working with the coaches. And so the, the, um, the best situation, um, and, and that was actually, when clubs and technical directors were coming into place. That's how old I am. Uh, and so now, because we've got, you know, people with vision to say this is the kind of club we want to have and this is what we want to do, we're setting things up. So you, you need the buy-in of a, a club. So I would, you know, go in, or I've even had um, people in, um, you know, in, in a region say, uh, you know, I know the coaches for all of these clubs. Mm-hmm. Let's come in so I'll get demonstrator athletes to come at different age groups and we'll demonstrate exactly what we're talking about. These are the kinds of, um, uh, we'll we'll call them risky movements or movements that make them more, um, seem to make them more prone to injury. Um, And these are the kinds of training that we do rolling into your practice um, to to reduce the the injury risk. Um, I don't do as much, um, but the, the gap care working with athletes coming back from ACLs and returning to play. Yes is is uh, another um, piece of that and then um, I'm working on um, now that we have zoom and in the online environment um, having a, a, a course uh, on my website just that they can go and, and these are the um, these are the things that they can you know walk through learning about what the injury is 
um, what we think are the things that cause it that we can change. Yeah. Um, and this is how you can do that. Okay. And then my um, my hope is that clubs will then say you've got a fit to finish certification. That means you know about ACLs. You you are you. This is important to you in keeping our athletes healthy. And that's going to be a bonus in terms of hiring you as a as a coach with our program. Oh, uh, brilliant! Yeah. Okay. And so, and and where do you so the how do people find the book? Um, they can they can go to my website, okay. which is just fittofinish.com. Uh, you can order it off of there, um, and um, I, it's it's also on Amazon. You can you can order a copy um, there as well. Yeah, I published it uh, with a with a company who supplies that. So very good. And because yeah. I mean, we we've scratched the surface uh, of 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 this. So mm-hmm. I mean, it is one of the there's a lot in here and a lot of smart words I'm seeing too that yeah. go right over my head. So um, <laughs> well, I hope not because this is supposed to be a handbook for training. Yeah. Um, I do have in the, um, uh, the, I think the exercise prescription or the program design um, capability. I, this was <laughs> this was so old that when we shot the videos, we shot them with an actual video camera. Oh, nice! Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. the uh, and and some of the the athletes volunteered to help me do that. So you can find those videos um, on my website, and they're they're also linked in the book. Okay. And so those are um, ways if you're if you're and those are just obviously some suggestions. So I talked about, I call it Dynaband Tag, you know, some of the things you can do with your younger age groups if you're looking to make these changes and the kinds of things that appeal to older age groups and, and the importance of, um, you know, uh, moving, as, as I say, up to the age group. So, you know, the same game at the same intensity for a 10-year-old is not going to be injury preventive right. for a 16-year-old. Right. Um, and so, you know, looking at how you modify that. And then that's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that then they'll, you know, once I do that with the club, then I'm, you know, come up with the next age group and I'm going to see those changes put into play. Interesting. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, this is fascinating. And, and I mean, we've been going 42 minutes already and I could, it's, I don't know why what, what I find so fascinating about this, but it, it, it really is. And um, yeah, so, so fit, fit to finish, you can find it on the website, find it on Amazon, um, you know, and, and, Hopefully, we start getting, you know, people are listening to this. We, you know, the importance of starting pre-puberty, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, start building those habits. Because, that, again, that's that really stuck out to me of, of once they hit high school, these habits are there. That's right. Uh, and so that that really struck a chord with me of, of starting that earlier, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so and yep. that, that yeah. was a that's I really have to, I have to insert here, too, of course, what, what are our kids starting early with as well? Screens. Videos, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, not only are we not ingrating healthy movement pad- mm-hmm. habits young, um, but we're not ingraining any movement habits. Young. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some of some of the simplest things that you can do with the youngest kids is get them out there learning what their body feels like to move and change direction. Yeah. Um, and you can call that injury prevention, and you can say, "Doctor Wendy sent you." Um, because, uh, that's, that's not going to happen with, with, you know, even if their, you know, reaction time is faster on their yeah. video game, their body is not, is not, it's just coming along for the ride. Yeah, no, for sure. It is a, it is a, uh, and one of my colleagues, um, actually up in the New York, Northeast area, North New York area, he, uh, he instituted, we, we started doing it with my family too. They, they institute something physical every single day. If you're sick. It may be you walk into the mailbox, and if you're still, but it's you have to do something physical, and that and that turns into more than that. Sure. You know, but it's every single day. Yeah. And if you're super sick and thrown up, 
you walk outside real fast yeah. and then you've done something physical. Yeah, um, and the fresh air's got to feel good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's an issue of respect, um, or we would say stewardship. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been given this body for this lifetime, and um, how we treat it is, is uh, up to us. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it's it, taking, taking care of, and as, as, a, as a coach, of right. course, taking care and teaching those young people about the importance of taking care of their bodies is, is an underlying message that you're absolutely sending. Yeah. And I've always, probably an unpopular opinion, but I think I've never, I haven't, don't understand as a, as an athletic coach, as a soccer coach, how you can be terribly fit and, and be able to expect your players to like, I know that's a rude thing to say. Uh, I'll say maybe that's a, but it, I think it's a, like, you're coaching a, a sport that you have to be incredibly fit in. Yeah, so you yeah. Should, I'm not saying you need to be able to, I mean, I can't run 10 miles, but you should be able to look like, yeah, I can get out there and not you know, pass out when I walk up a hill. So yeah, that's yeah. Just, that's yeah, we've got to walk the talk, don't we? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, I'm going to play, uh, we've got rapid fire. Just end on, a, end on something fun here, uh, and then I'll let, we'll let you get on your way and um, get ready for rapid fire. So no, no, uh, no writer or one has a right answer, but all these are just kind of fun and, and, and spouted off. So, um, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Okay. The number one YouTube video currently based on views. Do you know what that is? Do you know what it is? The most watched YouTube video based on views. I'm not a good one to ask, but I'm going to say Adrian's yoga. Baby shark. Dun, 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 and dun, I'm, dun, I'm a dun, Nationals baby. fan, too. <laughs> there you go. I was surprised by the Baby Shark one, and I really asked the question just so it gets stuck in your head. That's just <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, cake or pie? Pie. Favorite ice cream flavor? Hmm. Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. Butter pecan, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite kind of candy? <sighs> Dark chocolate Hershey bars. Oh. Are you a, so are you more of a chocolate person? Like, I, I'm a Starburst, like a sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm not a Starburst, so I give that out on, on Halloween because I'm not tempted to eat it. <laughs> nice, but the chocolate's <laughs> what you get. Yeah, I like that. All, I like the crunchy, too, yeah. so Heath Bars kind of, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I, yeah I, but I'm in the fitness business, so I have to be careful. No, I know, it's, it is tough. I know it is tough. I, I'm, an, I'm a fan of nerds. Nerds And so those fun. little things of nerds on Halloween, I take them like shots. I mean, I just, it, it's... I, again, I have to hide it. My wife takes the candy because I will mow through all my kids' nerves. Uh-huh. But, okay. yeah, I leave the chocolate on. It's good to admit these things to everyone. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I have a problem. <laughs> uh, uh, do you call it soccer or football? Soccer. If you had to choose one that you can have, would you would you choose indoor plumbing or electricity? Indoor plumbing or electricity. Yeah, you only get one. Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. I think indoor plumbing, Yeah. being female. Yeah. yeah. That's everyone's picked indoor plumbing so far. Mm-hmm. I'd rather because you can light a candle. But I, I've heard the stories of going out in the outhouse in the middle of winter. So. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah, mm-hmm. cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Nice. And favorite cereal? Favorite cereal? Oat squares. It's oh. it's called Mommy's cereal at my house. Is it the crack milk brand? It is not. It is Quaker Oats. Quaker Oat squares. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Don't know how I got hooked on that, but my family's come on board too, so we're good. Very good. Yeah, cereal is one of those universal things that everyone has and still probably eats. Huh. Um, and you get your calcium too if you yeah. have, have milk on it. Yeah, I still love cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's my that's my treat. Like I'll uh, like I love Twix. And, and I, <laughs> my family, it's the uh, the 
peanut butter Captain Crunch with Cocoa Puffs. Uh-huh, it's yeah. terribly unhealthy. Yeah, uh, Fruit Loops used to be my thing, but yeah, yeah I, I, I have, I think, grown out of that. Yeah, so, okay. Well, fascinating. I, I so much appreciate your time. Um, I know you got a lot going on this, this you know, being here, but I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat and um, learn learned a ton. Again, you can find the Fit to Finish on Amazon. Now, oh, I mentioned it's, it's made to move. Is, is that Amazon as well? Is this that is not. That, that you just have to um, get from me. Okay. Um, and I, I do have a, a, a personal website, wendylevolt.com. Okay. That will send you actually to Fit to Finish, or it will send you to what is a, a blog that I've written for a number of years called The Kinesthetic Christian. Okay. Um, and that's you'll be able to uh, find Made to Move videos there, too, and uh, the Made to Move book. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we can check that out. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your time in the convention. I will. Thank you very much, Josh. Appreciate it.